Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. So, Manav Fernandez has lived and worked in the Middle East for over two decades. He is a senior executive with extensive experience across a number of industries, everything from education, from hospitality and tourism, through to banking and automotive, retail and aviation. Now, as many years um, as a branding expert in a top Dubai marketing agency, Manav was responsible for the design, branding and launch of a program called Gems Rewards, which actually won the award for the best loyalty program in the Middle East and Asia at this year's Loyalty Awards in London. So that's an incredible achievement. Uh, congratulations, Manav. Thank you. <laughs> now, that's obviously the main reason that I invited Manav on the show. But I also thought it would be incredibly interesting just to talk about the idea of loyalty or awards in the education sector, because it's something we don't hear about very often. Now, as a marketeer, Manav describes himself as commercially astute and profit-focused. And this is something I really like and identify with because it's perhaps the most critical skill, I think, for any loyalty manager to run a successful program that is equally loved, both by customers and the senior management team in the business. Manav recently set up an agency called Quick Brand Fox Consulting, which runs loyalty programs for a range of clients. So with that introduction, Manav, welcome to the show. And what a great introduction that was. <laughs> Thank you, Paula. Thank you for having me. Great, great. Now, it's lovely to sit down and chat. And for listeners, this is my first opportunity to sit in a studio and chat to my guests face to face. So I'm, I'm enjoying that for, for a nice, uh, nice change. So as you know, Manav, I'm starting all of the shows talking about statistics. So tell our listeners, first and foremost, what is your favorite statistic about loyalty marketing? So uh, my current favorite statistic is one from the Boston Consulting Group who predict that over the next five years, personalization will push a revenue shift of some 800 billion US dollars to the 15% of companies that get it right. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that was something that kind of made me sit up and take notice. And it's, sure. uh, I love to drop it into conversations when yeah. uh, a client or a potential client is saying, you know, what's, what's the benefit of, of a loyalty program or, yeah. you know, what sort of return on investment can I see? Mm-hmm. And, you know, this you, you kind of see eyes opening quite wide when numbers like this are thrown around. For sure. Uh, and it's, it is the Boston Consulting Group. It's not some, you exactly. know, a monkey outfit that's, that's talking about this. So Exactly. Yeah, that is definitely my, my quote for right now. Okay, wonderful. Well, a great start. I'm keen to talk about personaliz- personalization. So first of all, you've been living in the UAE for quite some time. Um, and tell us where you're originally from and what it's like living and working in Dubai. So I've had a I've had a pretty fantastic journey to be honest. I was born and brought up in New Delhi, India, mm-hmm. and um, I moved to Cairo in Egypt okay. in '95. Mm-hmm. Lived in Cairo for a couple of years. Okay, um, I was young and adventurous, mm-hmm. and I would have gone anywhere on the planet Amazing. they had asked me to. So yeah. I got to be there for a while, and then the opportunity to move to Dubai arose, mm-hmm. and I was I've been in Dubai since the tail end of 96, mm-hmm. and uh, half my life, to be honest. Yeah. And what an amazing journey. Yeah. You know, what a great place to be. Mm-hmm. What a great time to be alive. For sure. And what a great time to be working in loyalty. Exactly. Absolutely. So tell me, why do you like working in loyalty? 
Look, loyalty uh, for me is the culmination of what I've done for many, many years, which is which is communication, mm -hmm. advertising, mm -hmm. brand marketing, and finally, sort of now in loyalty. Because um, <clears throat> first of all, with with advertising, especially in this region. Uh, with the diversity of people, diversity of cultures, population, mm -hmm. popular pop exposure, mm -hmm. uh, and therefore backgrounds. Mm -hmm. When we were doing communication advertising, um, a lot of our brands, a lot of our clients would revert to what I call the, the lowest common denominator. Okay. So trying to make the message as simple and easy for as many different clients to understand or, or potential customers to understand. Okay. And inherently what that does is, it kind of dilutes the intrigue value or the 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 interest value because you can't use a lot of pop culture, you can't use mm. a lot of cultural references, yeah. you can't make jokes because yes. you know what's funny to one culture may not appeal to another. Yeah, and um, so we were sort of my advertising background in the region was was very much this mass advertising, the spray and pray, you know, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the metrics there are all wrong. It's all about cost yeah. per thousand. Yeah. So from there, when I moved uh, towards sort of branding, we started looking at more segmented, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, opportunities. Okay. Uh, towards what I'd start calling mass customization. Okay, Paradox. Brilliant. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know. A start. It's a start and it yeah. exists, you know. So yeah. uh, my background is in apparel manufacturing okay. uh, where... You know, you look at, for example, a pair of jeans. Mm. Uh, there's seven billion people on the planet. How do you yeah. how do you start build, creating sizes for different people? Mm. Uh, and and I guess the apparel industry is one place where they have to do some form of mass customization or segmentation. Yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> when you move into loyalty, mm. uh, you know, you have the opportunity to start looking at the utopian segment of one. Okay. Right. So yeah. you can look at all your data mm -hmm. and literally a different message can go to you mm -hmm. compared to the message that comes to me. Mm -hmm. And that's got nothing to do with, uh, or well, it could have to do with our ethnic backgrounds. It mm -hmm. could have to do with mm -hmm. our gender. Mm -hmm. But it could also have a lot to do with all of that and so much more. Of course. So I think yeah. what, what the premise of a loyalty program is, it allows you to start collecting data mm -hmm. about your customers mm -hmm. and therefore be able to speak to them mm -hmm. individually. Yeah. So it's the right message mm -hmm. delivered at the right time mm -hmm. in the right place. Yes, absolutely. You know, and, and to me, that is why this yeah. is such an exciting business to be in. Mm. Absolutely. And certainly the technology, as we know, in recent years has, has developed extraordinarily. So what mightn't have been possible 20 years ago is certainly possible now. So it's probably incumbent on us as marketeers to really keep up to date um, in terms of what the technology is capable of. And I suppose keeping our own skills up to date as well in terms of being aware of, you know, the whole ecosystem around loyalty. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's really important. I love the utopian segment of one. I, I don't think there's many are achieving it, but um, we'll, we'll get into um, good and bad examples maybe um, without naming too many, um, you know, as to what we both uh, like and what we've seen maybe in this region. And I think, you know, one of the things I love about this podcast is I'm getting to talk to people in all different parts of the world. So it's great to have your experience in the Middle East region, uh, because I think a lot of the listeners are from outside the region. So it's great to get a perspective in this, uh, in this part of the world. So tell me then, of all the programs you've worked on, Manav, what are your favorites? 
What other program? I guess uh, we would probably at some stage talk about Gems Rewards. Of course, yeah, we'll um, come to that one. Very, very fond of and attached yeah. to it. Yeah. Uh, but really more so because it is so left of center, right? It's not a typical program. It's not, an, sure. it's not a segment that you'd expect to have a program or, yeah. or need to have a program. Yeah. And... Um, I guess we'll talk more about it, but I'm very fortunate that yeah. the, the the chairman of GEMS, Mr. Mm. Sunny Varki, mm -hmm. uh, you know, had this crystal clear vision of what he wanted to do. Okay. And uh, I was chosen to do it. Amazing. You know, and yeah. that, that's been a, an amazing, amazing opportunity for me. Okay. Well, we might as well talk about it now, Manav, and it's one that we did a tiny bit of work on together, but you really are the, the person who drove that from start to finish. And I think for listeners, the first, um, you know, I suppose, starting place is to understand why would a, a company that really runs schools, why would it need a loyalty program? It doesn't happen, I don't think, in any other part of the world. So um, tell us, first of all, why why was a, a loyalty program even uh, a need in the first place for the business? So, um, education here mm -hmm. is primarily private for the expats. Okay. It's, it's private education, you know, mm -hmm. because we don't pay taxes. Yeah. And uh, as, a, as a result, everything else, uh, you know, the government doesn't really need to provide these things. However, um, you know, GEMS has pioneered education and has allowed this, you know, has supported the Emirate, uh, you know, of Dubai, and I guess the UAE, to uh, to flourish because it's it's you know the ability to attract talent mm -hmm. into this country was born from being able to provide sufficient education sure. and sufficient healthcare. Okay. Two sort of yeah, fundamental. pillars, fundamental yeah. pillars of of being able to build a nation. Mm -hmm. So, um, in order to put a quality education within the reach of every child, mm. which is a mission statement of the business. Okay. Quality does come at a cost, mm, right? Whether sure. it's the infrastructure, mm. whether it's getting the right teaching staff, mm -hmm. and everybody is imported, mm -hmm. if you will, right, yeah. from outside. Yeah. So uh, in order to provide and, and establish and continue to build a better and better quality of education, mm. um, that has a direct impact on cost. Okay. Now, Mr. Varki very, very, was very clear when he spoke to me. He said, look, mm. we don't want to compromise on quality, mm. but we don't want to take away from our families' lifestyles. Okay. So how, how do we build a program yeah. that is able to give a family mm -hmm. the very best education that they deserve and, and want for their child of course. without having to make sacrifices on their everyday lifestyle aspirations. Okay. And so, you know, that kind of stuck with me when I was designing the program. Yeah. And that is how the program, it, it's built around exactly that. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that it's a loyalty program. Okay. It's very much a rewards program. Okay. It's a program that helps make education more affordable. Gotcha. Because... Without compromising on, mm. you know, the sort of infrastructural mm. aspects, without having to, uh, you know, build smaller schools or, or mm. you know, put more children into classrooms per classroom and therefore compromising their yeah. their quality of education. Mm -hmm. So we were, or the business was able to, you mm. know, continue to build mm. on the quality mm. while uh, reducing the impact of mm. of that cost on a family's budget. Excellent. And... Um, you know, I think at the at the end of the first year, uh, we saw, uh, you know, families were saving a lot of money. And one of the families was able to save up to 30% wow. of their school fees, okay. which was, you know, 
extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, very rewarding. Yeah. Um, and I believe uh, that at the end of the second year, the the total amount of savings was something in the region of 50 million dirhams. Wow. Across the program. Okay. You know, and again, yeah. very, very impactful. You okay. know, that's not a small number. Yeah. So, and I'd say that's $15 million, give or take. Exactly. Right? Not everyone knows dirhams yeah. as a currency. So, thank you for, yeah. for doing the conversion for us. Um, and I suppose that the customer value proposition just on that program, because uh, again, nobody will have seen GEMS rewards um, unless they're in this region. So, so, maybe just talk us through how does the program actually work? for the families? So there's, there's various aspects of the program. At the, at the core of the program, as I said, so it's, it's, uh, the whole program rests on an app, of course, because today it's, everything is app-based and of it's course. the most me- measurable form. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we partnered with over a thousand merchants, um, some of them you know, in the sort of more luxury space, mm. some of them in sort of more in the everyday spending space. Okay. And all of these partners offered our families, the GEMS families, Mm -hmm. uh, some form of discount or an offer for transacting there. Now, um, the model is, it's not that complex, but I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it's around discretionary and non-discretionary spending, Mm -hmm. uh, looking at what typically is the amount of money a family would spend on education Mm -hmm. and then offsetting that by doing all these partnerships or creating partnerships in areas that we we use the the spend data Mm. to continue to build in those areas for each of those sort of segments. So um, that was a a core aspect. We also uh, partnered with a local bank uh, to create a co-branded credit card that Mm -hmm. again allowed Mm. Parents who are using the card to pay school fees okay. to get various benefits. Mm. And then there were other soft benefits that were tagged onto the, the card, mm. very specific to education. Okay. Um, um, we also had uh, a marketplace that mm. we created together. We did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the marketplace was an online shopping experience or shopping portal yeah. that um, families can go shopping on for, for specific things. Mm. And when they buy or shop on the portal, they would earn points that could be used to offset school fees. Brilliant. Yeah. The, um, uh, the fourth component, I believe, was uh, an ambassador program mm-hmm. that allowed parents to refer mm. children into our schools mm-hmm. and, um, and basically get a referral fee. Amazing. Right. And that was cumulative. So yeah. technically, the more children you you referred into a school, Amazing. the more you could earn back. Okay. Right. And okay. therefore, making your own child's uh, school fees cost neutral. Okay. And cost neutrality was the goal, you know. Uh, Phenomenal. I find that very, very successful men are slightly unreasonable in their demands. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, unreasonable even in yes. their demands to themselves. Of course. Uh, and, you know, Chairman Varki said to me, I want to achieve cost neutrality wow. for all my children. Wow. Which is, you know, a big ask. And, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully someday we'll, we'll manage that. Yes. Um, or the program will manage exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. uh, But, yeah. you know, it was definitely designed to be able to achieve that. Amazing. And so it was yeah. a very direct correlation between yeah. engage with the program mm-hmm. and earn back. Mm-hmm. 
or if you choose not to engage with the program, well, yeah. then, you know, yeah. I can't really, yeah. uh, you know, comment on that. Exactly. But. Yeah. But I think one of the reasons that we both enjoy living here is exactly that kind of mindset. So I haven't met Chairman Varki, but I know that Dubai is a city that believes it deserves the best and always wants to go the extra mile. I think it's the reason we have the world's tallest building. Um, we've won Expo 2020, the phenomenal World Festival coming up next year. So it's really a city, I think, that um, sets those kind of expectations. So it's certainly not surprising to hear that that's what's coming through in GEMS Rewards. Uh, no, absolutely. And, I, you know, having lived here for almost 23 years now, um, I often got get asked, you know, what's yeah. why why Dubai? Why, why, yes. why do you live there? And, yeah. you know, I remember moving here when I did and telling some of my friends, and they looked at me almost sadly, <laughs> like, you know, know. why are you in the middle of the desert? It's yeah. a hardship posting. <laughs> and now, several years later, I have friends from, you know, as far and wide as, as Chile in South America, yeah. New Zealand, Japan, and yeah. Vancouver, literally the four corners of the world. Yeah. You know, and people aspire to be here. Yes, you know, do. the yeah. leadership with their vision and their ability to execute and deliver on that vision yeah. Yeah. have really, really put... Yeah. Dubai and the UAE and the Middle East on the map yeah. in the most positive way possible. I agree. You know, uh, yeah. changing and putting, you know, turning cliches on their heads. Yeah. And and they've done that by again having this sort of uncompromising, yes, uh, divine unreasonability. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. And, and everything is is great, but never good enough. Never good enough. You know. Yeah. So um, not only that, but the, the changing landscape is that you see a physically different Dubai. For sure. I believe having lived here 23 years, it's mm. almost one into 23 years. Because, you know, every yeah. year something changes. There's something new that shows up. It's newer, bigger, bolder yes. in its in its ambition. Yes. And, um, you know, that has made this place wonderful to live in, yeah. but also inspiring. For sure. You know, I think yeah. a lot of us expats have come here and, yeah. and, and lived our best selves. Yes. I most definitely have. For sure. Just yeah. by purely by virtue of being inspired by people around me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and a lot, yeah, a lot of my friends would agree with that, Manav. I think what they would say is when you live and work in Dubai, you probably have an opportunity to grow and progress and be promoted in ways that you would never have experienced or an opportunity to do maybe in your home country. So I know in Ireland, for example, there are so many amazing people doing extraordinary work that for me to make a difference, it's much harder to stand out. Whereas in Dubai, actually, maybe we might be the first in our industry or the best in our industry. It almost feels easier to kind of get that recognition. So um, yeah, I think we've both achieved that uh, in our, our years here. And without giving too much away, I will say that Dubai is a very young country. <laughs> um, it was formed as a country the same year I was born. So, you know, for it to have achieved what it has, I think is, is completely extraordinary. So um, yes, we're clearly both fans of living and working in Dubai. So I just want to talk, I suppose, Manav, about, um, you know, key success factors and loyalty programs. So we've talked about Gems Rewards, and I'm sure you have other examples maybe around the world of loyalty programs you admire. So what do you think is the, um, you know, key to success? So um, I believe there are three basic pillars. Okay. Um, one of them is relevance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, understand who your audience is yeah. and make sure your program is actually relevant to them. Okay. So really, you know, uh, for a program to be successful, you've got to take an outside-in approach rather than an inside-out approach. Yeah. And what I mean by that is don't 
uh, just go, you know what, I've got some dead stock lying <laughs> in, in the back of my warehouse. For sure. And, uh, you know, if a customer does X, Y, and Z, I'm going to give them some of that dead stock. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a reason it's dead stock, <laughs> right? Exactly. So it's, it's, you know, it's so obvious, and yet you see this all the time. It does happen, right? for sure. Um, so I know I'm exaggerating a bit, uh, you know, using yeah. hyperbole for dramatic effect, but yeah. that is, so one is customer yeah. centricity. Yes. You know, I Love think it. it's, it's very, very core. Yeah. The second thing is simplicity. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make me do, you know, upside down cartwheels, yeah. uh, you know, and stand on my head in order to figure out how I have to earn points and burn points and redeem them. Yeah. Um, because I can't be bothered. The yeah. span of attention is very, very low. So sure. if you want me to engage, yeah. keep it simple. For sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, I think uh, a great uh, quote from advertising mm. you know, is Ogilvy saying, your wife is not a moron. Uh, your, the, your customer is not a moron. She is your wife. Wow. <laughs> right? And, Perfect. And, and so yeah. treat her yes. with the same amount of, of respect yes. because she can see through your BS. Absolutely. Right? And, and, I think, <laughs> and you will not get away with it. Right, yeah. And I think in this day and age, <laughs> yeah. interestingly, even more so. Exactly. Right? And he said this, you know, going back yeah. years. But yeah. um, I think it's even more relevant today mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, people having a short span of attention. Yeah. And the amount of competition out there is is even more than ever before. Mm-hmm. So you really have to keep it keep it simple. Mm. And then the third thing, I think the, the the third and most important perhaps is transparency. Okay. You know, um, the last thing you want is for me to earn points. Yeah. And only to find that they're worth nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this happens a lot. As right? well, for sure. Uh, you know, there's all these back of house algorithms that when I want to use my points, suddenly the the, the value of them drops. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's that customer centricity. You know, um, if I want to use my points over Christmas, then they should be worth the same that they would be in the peak of summer. Of course. Right. Otherwise, or at least let me know what they're worth. Exactly. Right. Instead of these sort of shifting sands. Yeah. Uh, So I think these if these three things um, you're able to to deliver on, Mm. you will get a relatively engaged audience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At least your chances of success are higher. For sure, they may not be guaranteed. Yeah, but if you don't have them, yeah, is guaranteed that they will that you will fail. Yeah, for sure. Right. So yeah. I think yeah, yeah, that I believe very strongly are, are the yeah. key pillars. Yeah, and I know it comes through in your work, Manav. I mean, to me, you know, of course, the rules, the business rules, are going to change the parameters to promotions, and we all know that, and that has to happen. But I think when you know that at a senior level in the company there is integrity around what you're trying to achieve, I think then at least you. Know know that the program is going to be successful, or at least has the opportunity to be successful. You know, the two programs that I brought up, uh, their success is based on the fact that there's such a strong top-down vision for the program. So so whether it's, you know, it's uh, Mr. Alabar at at EMAR, or whether it's Chairman Varki at GEMS, you know, they have such a focus on on being customer-centric and on, on actually caring about their customers and and their ecosystem, yeah. Yeah. that there is no question about the integrity of the program. Okay. So it's not just a mere tick in the box, okay. right? Yeah. They actually want to make an, an, a difference. An impact. And yeah. of course, there's nothing wrong with being profitable while making oh, an impact. for sure. You know, in yeah. fact, if anything, to be able to do those two things together, it's, it's genius. It's the whole point. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, whereas yeah. uh, people see them as being two sort of polar opposites. Yeah. You, you can either yeah. be... 
you know, charitable yes. or you have to be profitable. Yeah. But I believe very strongly that more and more businesses are learning that you can do both. You can have yeah. a social responsibility or, or, or be customer centric and be profitable. Absolutely. Like, you know, yeah. uh, a great example is Zappos, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Tony Shea's yes. uh, ability to turn that program, that, that whole business around yeah. from being a loss making business that yeah. was trying to sell shoes online yeah. to what he called a service business yeah. that happened to sell shoes. For sure. You know, and I think if everyone in, in every business yeah. was made to understand the impact of customer centricity, mm-hmm. true, genuine yes. customer centricity, yes. uh, maybe there's no need for a loyalty program. <laughs> How blasphemous is that on a podcast about, about loyalty? But I, I really believe that. You I know? do too, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And look at Apple. Yeah. You just have to look at Apple. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. to understand how they've decided to own the customer experience, mm. make it as frictionless as possible, yeah. continue improving on it, yeah. and they have raving fans, yeah. fans who are willing to forgive them yeah. when you know things don't always work, <laughs> and yeah. that to me is true loyalty, right? Is yeah. when you're able to forgive yeah. a friend yeah. or in this case a brand yeah. because you know you believe in them mm. and you know that they have your best interests at heart. There you go. Back to integrity. It comes back to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I guess one of the key reasons that we do structured loyalty programs is around capturing data. Yeah. Um, so how do you think we're doing in terms of capturing data, using data, either locally or internationally? Because to me, it's something I think most companies are aware of. There's a fa- famous quote I was just writing about, um, and I think it was The Economist was quoting it, and we all know it now. So they, they basically said data is the new oil. And I was writing about an oil company actually capturing data. So it certainly seemed like they were definitely focusing on the next biggest um, asset in the world. So how do you think we're doing in terms of data capture and personalization? And tell us your thoughts on that. Okay, so um, a recent film I watched on Netflix called The Great Hack, I think it was, uh, you know, shows the power of data in its ability to, uh, you know, flip elections. Okay. So, you know, what you can and can't do with data is it's obviously very, very powerful. And terrifying sometimes. And and scary. Yes. However, I think, you know, we've we've got a long way to go Mm. as far as being able to we understand what we can do with it. Okay. But I don't think we've kind of figured out how to get there yet. Okay. Right? Yeah. And, and so GDPR, for example, being implemented. Yes. Uh, you know, that's very, very new. Yeah. Uh, you know, the policies around privacy. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is going to take some time from a, from a policy point of view. Mm. But also in terms of just pure investment. Yeah. You know, I mean, I hear from so many people, oh, the costs of, of personalization are so high. Mm. But really, I think the cost of not personalizing is even higher. For sure. Right? Because yeah. amount, the amount of wastage you get by not personalizing yeah. your marketing dollars or your, or your messaging yeah. or your product yeah. is going to cost you so much more. And, you know, yeah. the two sort of, again, I, my, a lot of my wisdom is borrowed wisdom. You know, I, <laughs> I, I love quotes and, I, I, I you know, yeah. uh, but I love the story about a conversation between uh, a CEO and a CFO. Okay. And the CFO says, you know, uh, they're talking about investing in training okay. for their staff. Mm-hmm. And the CFO says, well, what if we invest in all of them? Mm. And then they leave. Yeah. And the CEO says, well, what if we don't? And they stay. <laughs> and, you know, so you've got, yeah. so which one is, is worse? Yeah. And so I think, you know, we've, we've got to make sure that 
one companies start to understand the value of personalization yeah you know uh, yeah. and and what and the cost of losing a customer because you haven't yeah. done that right or yeah. you haven't understood their yeah. data you know yeah um, don't send me messages that that you know address me as miss or mrs yes don't misspell my name yes right you yeah. know yeah. Uh, because and especially if you have details about me like mm-hmm. if my bank mis- misspells my name that's yeah. going to upset me <laughs> You know, it's pretty fundamental. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. And especially because they get, yeah. you know, when I open a bank account, yeah. you get my passport copy. Mm-hmm. It gives you everything about For me. For sure. My nationality, yeah. my clear. age. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. My gender. Yeah. Uh, you know, so don't send me stuff that is then going to be completely irrelevant to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a basic thing yeah. that, you know, good businesses have managed to understand. Yeah. Maybe not to the same scale, but, yeah. but they've done it in the past. Mm. And so there's no reason why today, mm. with the kind of technology we have, mm-hmm. that we're unable to do it. Yeah. You know? And I think sometimes it comes down to um, a commitment to excellence. Um, and I was ranting, I know, recently about, um, you know, a company I'm a big fan of. It's in this region. And it really just proved to me, um, now maybe it was just one glitch in the overall system, but I've seen this kind of behavior. It's a digital company. I use their services regularly. They had sent a promo code, which was available to use three times. I used it three times. And of course, then it's invalid. And of course, I chanced my arm. I tried a fourth time and they said, no, go away. (laughs) And that's completely fine. It shouldn't work. And I'm testing the system. But what upset me then was a week later, they sent a blast communication to literally say, here's this promo code. And I'm like, I already know this doesn't work because I've already used it three times. So again, I tried it a fifth time. Of course it doesn't work. But for a digital company, to me, the most important thing is exclude the people who have already um, used this offer and availed of it and and, and exclude them from the communication because that's a simple thing to get wrong. So, uh, you know, I'm assuming it's not laziness. I'm assuming it's it's just somebody who made a mistake. But to me, that's anti-loyalty. Absolutely. And you know what the thing is? that it's a simple line of code exactly that could easily just fix that problem for sure and not only just is it uh, an irritant that you're getting that same message over and over again exactly which is again you just mentioned it to me we've yeah. not talked about names but I'm sure I'm going to get it from you offline yeah uh, but you know and you will tell people yeah and a disgruntled customer will tell people for sure you know so yeah you know a similar story uh, my wife who happens to have a British passport mm-hmm. keeps getting offers from her bank okay. about getting a new passport, uh, which will give her access to Europe and, you know, 150 (laughs) different countries and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, if I got that as an Indian passport holder, okay, understandable. Sure. She has a British passport. Yeah. You know, she can pretty much travel anywhere in the world. Of course. And interestingly, you know, she's getting it from her bank, who again, as I said, the one thing they have is her passport. <laughs> For sure, yeah. So, you know, it's we laugh at it, but yeah. we, and, and the amount of money being wasted on that. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's in this time and age to be doing this sort of mass yeah. pray and, uh, you know, spray and pray approach. For sure. It's just wrong. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's just poor marketing. It's not hard to get the basics right. It's not. Absolutely. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and, and I think, yeah, well. <laughs> That's why it keeps we us go gamefully off employed. <laughs> well, yeah, it does. But again, yeah. I think, you know, a lot of this is about the business's own 
commitment to excellence. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It can happen once. It's a mistake. But when it happens over and over again, they really need to be questioning the people they've got doing what they're doing. And then I question my business relationship because I'm figuring, actually, they're not paying attention. So then I'm much more in the mindset of being open to competitors. Yeah. So definitely a big risk Do they really care about me? Do they really care, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And you know, the opposite of this is a completely non-digital example I'm going to give you right now. But... um, my brother-in-law was smirking at me recently when I was I was ordering my suits back in India from a shop. Okay. Shop I've been going to since I was 15 years old. Wow. Right. Okay. My first suit was 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 bought there. Lovely. My first actually was a blazer, was a jacket. Okay. Sports jacket my dad bought for me, and I was very proud of it. Mm. And he was very proud because he was <laughs> buying his son a sports jacket. Beautiful. And um, the assistant tailor master there. Okay. Is now the head tailor master. Okay. And I've gone back to him year on year. Yeah. He sends me greetings. Now, this is not a very educated man, you have to understand, right? Yeah, very yeah. humble beginnings. Sure. But, you know, on Christmas, I will get a WhatsApp message from him. Nice. You know, yeah, and, and on yeah. Diwali, I will get a message from him. Beautiful. And so my, my brother-in-law was laughing at me when I was uh, ordering these jackets. And he said to me, wink, wink, you know he's charging you more, right? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I know. I know, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And then literally 24 hours later... His assistant master uh-huh. showed up at my house wow. to do a fitting okay. at home. Yeah, right. Because yeah. I'm leaving Delhi in two days. I'm like, you know, wow. yeah. I need this. I need my jackets. Yeah. You know, can you accommodate? Yeah. And, and sure enough, he rocks up at my house. He does the fitting at 9.30 at night and goes away. And then two days, a day later, delivers a finished product you know, wow. to the house. That's extraordinary. I don't have to go back. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, I know what I'm paying for. Yes. I know I'm paying a little extra. Yes. But the service I'm getting yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. Now, I don't believe a customer who's only after money yes. or discounts mm-hmm. is a is your customer. Yeah. Right? That's not a loyal customer. Good He's point. He's going to go away. Yeah. A loyal customer is one who's going to be influenced mm-hmm. by the value that you create for him. Mm-hmm. In other ways, mm-hmm. recognizing what's important to you. Mm-hmm. To me, what's important is time and of convenience. Course. Yes, driving halfway around the city to be able <laughs> to go for a fitting is a challenge. Yeah. So he sends it to my house. Amazing. You know, and so I will always go back to him. Of and course. I don't. I've never even checked what he charges me. To be honest, <laughs> not because I'm uber wealthy. Yeah. But because it's something that I I respect and value. Yeah. And I understand that I will get much, much better value from this gentleman than I could from any new relationship I build now. Absolutely. It's a really good example. And so that's what I, again, you know, coming back to it, if you can create a customer experience Mm -hmm. that delivers true value, Mm -hmm. it's not about discounting. Mm. It's not about a structured points program. Mm. It's not about, you know, reducing your top line. Mm -hmm. It's just about creating real value Mm. for what matters to that specific customer. Absolutely. And that, I think, is what builds loyalty. Yeah, love it, love it. So, Manav, both you and I spend a lot of time going to, um, I suppose, exploratory meetings with companies that are looking at, um, you know, thinking about doing structured loyalty programs. Uh, So tell me, what do you think are the biggest challenges in those type of uh, companies that want to do loyalty? Well, I think uh, I really believe, again, that a loyalty, if you're in a meeting Mm -hmm. and you're speaking to a junior executive, that's a big alarm bell should be going off in your head. For sure. Right? Yeah. Um, Because then the business itself is not committed to a loyalty. Got it, yeah. I'm not saying that you need to be speaking to the most senior person in the business. Yeah. But 
a business needs to understand mm-hmm. that loyalty will bring about a cultural shift yeah. across the business. Yeah. You know, whether it's finance, yeah. whether it's legal, yeah. whether it's technology, yeah. whether it's ops, yeah. marketing, of course. Yeah. But they're all going to have to uh, own mm. the loyalty program. Of course. So I think that's a starting point, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I always look for who am, who am I meeting yes. and how far up the value chain am I meeting someone. Okay, good right? point. Do yeah. they understand yeah. what they're getting the into? The implications, for sure. And if it's not the first meeting, at least when you're doing your first presentation, you want all the key players in the room. Yeah. This The second thing is, you know, how do they perceive loyalty? Okay. So, you know, I once had a meeting when I, we presented mm. our sort of early solution, if you will. Mm. And I say solution as an our process. Okay. And the gentleman said, oh, I could hire five people <laughs> on my internal team and, you know, they, they could do all of this. Of Why course. do I have to pay you? Yeah, yeah. And so, well, I, you know, very graciously <laughs> packed up my stuff and left and never called him back. Absolutely. A- and I'm glad because that said to me exactly what yeah. their attitude was towards yeah. how loyalty works. Yeah, yeah, you for know? sure. Yeah. Um, I've had people say, well, okay, so why does it cost so much? Yeah. And there's two sides to this. I mean, some people genuinely want to be educated. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because uh, one, it's a skill. Of course. Two, there's technology involved. Yeah. Uh, but then also some people simply think that it's, uh, yeah. I'm going to you know, switch a button on and, or, and it's going to be, yeah. and, and you're ready to go. But you know, yeah. why are you charging me? Yeah. You know, surely <laughs> it should be free. Yeah, of course. You know, uh, I once had somebody recently say to me, discovery phase, mm. you don't need to do discovery. I'll tell you everything you need to know. Okay. <laughs> okay. But if you knew everything, I wouldn't be in the room with you because you would have sorted it out. You it's, know, so, yeah. and I don't mean to sound patronizing. Yeah. But I think there are certain things that are where you start thinking, hey, you know, how, you know, do you just not, maybe you don't understand it. Mm. And I'm happy to walk you through the process. Mm. But when you just don't value what I'm doing. Yeah. And I don't want to be doing it for you. Absolutely. You yes. Know? And yeah. I think it's it's the equivalent of yeah. going to a doctor and then negotiating on the prescription. <laughs> exactly. You know, or, yeah. or why are you charging me so much? No, you want the best. You yeah. Know, right. When it's important, we all want the yeah. best. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. listen, there's all sorts, there's, just like your yeah. product yeah. has cheaper competitors. Yes. I'm sure there are people out there doing things and very, very competent, very good people. Yeah. I'm just not that person. Okay, good. And I refuse to be that person. For sure, yeah. And, yeah. and you know, both, both Chai and myself, my, my partner and my wife, yeah. we're very clear on, on what we will not compromise on. Nice, yeah. And, and you know, uh, we're very fortunate by, by holding that position. Yeah. Both our programs have won awards. Amazing. You know, which is, which is great. And yeah. we're both from outside of the industry. Indeed, But yeah. we're both... And I mean, she is probably more so than I, very, very driven, very commercially astute. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, our sort of motto of just getting it done Mm. is is what has played a crucial role in getting us to where we are and giving us the self-belief and the confidence that we, what, you know, we bring mm. significant value to the table. For sure. And I think it's something as well that we do have in common, Manav, um, and, you know, d- you know I, I do want to plug our skill set as, as distinct from, you know, some, you know, consulting services that may come in with um, 
an awful lot of big ideas, um, but no um, skill or experience in delivering. And my favorite example of that was with the biggest bank in Ireland. And again, they brought me in and said, we need a loyalty program or a loyalty proposition, let's say. Um, And it was under tight timeframes and all of the usual um, expectations. And I literally was sitting in the meeting very confused. And I was like, you have the top marketing agencies in this country on retainer (laughs) for the last 20 years, why am I sitting here? And they're like, we know you can build it. And I said, oh my God, that's extraordinary. So I do want to, to, to plug those of us who are practitioners um, yeah. as distinct from, you know, knowing great ideas on paper and knowing what's actually going to translate in the marketplace. So, um, and one of the favorite things I had actually uh, with Gems Rewards was the concept and the value proposition was already a finalist on the Loyalty Awards uh, 18 months ago, yes. but it was only when the results came through through this year that you actually won the award. Yeah, actually, and we were very surprised when we were shortlisted four months into the, I mean, our first submission was four months in. Amazing. And really, we submitted on a lock. You know, it was, let's go in and submit, you know, you get a bit of practice. Did not expect to be nominated. There you go. Uh, And I think you're right. Uh, You know, the proposition was strong. Yeah. It was a segment in which loyalty hadn't sort of didn't really exist beforehand. Yeah. And... In many ways, I'm I'm really happy that it took a year for us to to deliver yeah. on what we were doing and demonstrate yeah. to the judges that you know what your your picking us in year one yeah. was well founded mm. because here we are a year later with the numbers that demonstrate what Absolutely. we're able to do. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I just want to go back to what you were saying about execution because there's so much slip between cup and lip when it comes to a proposition. Yes, and then the actual delivery of that program. Yeah. And one of the f- most frightening things, and again, is the sort of passive aggressive or the resistance you get mm. internally okay. when you start to build a program. Okay. Right? Because yeah. effectively, you're giving a whole bunch of people a lot more work to do. For sure. Right? <laughs> I hadn't um, thought about it like that, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, yeah. uh, they already have a lot to do. They do. Most, most of the time. Yeah. And now you're asking them for more. Yes. So whether it's the finance team who mm. has to figure out how to account for the points, mm. how is VAT going to apply to the points? Yeah. Um, yeah. Legal has to build the legal structure around how this is all going to work. Yeah. Do we need as a best practice another business on which you move the liability? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, technology has got to wake up and figure out how everything is going to speak to each other. Yeah. So, you know, you're asking a lot of people to do a lot of work. Yeah. And their question is, hey, what's in it for me? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, and I have an answer to that. Okay. Because really, you know, if this doesn't happen, yeah. there's significant chances that the mm. business may start yeah. doing poorer than it was doing earlier, which yeah. is going to have a direct impact yeah. on your ability to keep your job. Yes. Perhaps. For sure. You know? Yeah. So, yes, there's a lot in it for you. Yeah. But then you've got the frontline team, you know, um, which also has to deliver. Yeah. And in many cases, you know, for example, in hospitality, mm. these guys don't, you know, they don't even experience mm. what they're, they're, they're delivering. Mm-hmm. These beautiful massive hotels, palatial hotels. Of course. They don't get to sleep in those beds. Yeah. They don't get to dine in those restaurants. Yeah. But here you are, you're expecting them again to deliver yeah. and deliver more. Yeah. You know, are you a part of our program, sir? Would you like to sign on? Mm. And so on and so forth. So, you know, you've got to really work 
yeah. at implementation mm-hmm. and training mm-hmm. and then training more yeah. and then some more yeah. and explaining to them what's in it for them. Yeah. And that was, for me, a huge part of mm. what I was doing. Yeah. You know, it was just, you know, speaking to parents at uh, the mm. parent-teacher associations, yeah. to teachers who are a front line again mm. and who, you know, uh, the program was also directed mm. towards teachers. They be- they got to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um to um to all our corporate staff yeah just everyone to the to the finance yeah. people the you know the the finance teams in the schools mm. who were doing collections mm. so there were so many different people who mm. had to be told the same message yeah. you know over yeah. and over again yeah. our board yeah. uh, our finance uh, you know our investors mm. uh, and and again i was sort of going from team to team yeah. pitching yeah. whether in rooms of 3 or 4 people mm. or sometimes in rooms of 4 500 people mm. uh, and and just tailoring the message yeah. you know to try and get them to yeah. to uh, understand what it is what we were doing yeah and my favorite moment, you know, more as as far as validation is concerned, more than the award that was won, yeah. um, was my son. You know, uh, when my son went to Gems World Academy, okay. and when we launched the program, I was in their school doing a, a talk to the teachers. So I picked him up from school, and we were driving home. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> he asked me how come I was at school, mm-hmm. and so I told him about the program, and he asked me how it worked. So in that short drive, I tried to explain to him what we were doing. Mm. And there was this point where he turned to me and said, Dad, I'm so proud of you. Ooh. You know, and that was just like, <laughs> what? Wow. In my head, you know, I could have cried <laughs> because I was Aww. just like thought, okay, this is a big win for me. Beautiful. You know, to yeah. have a 17-year-old boy yeah. look at you and say he's proud of what you're doing. You know, the yeah. dynamic is wrong. The, you know, yeah, typically. They're so cynical, my yeah, God. Yeah, they're cynical and, you know, yeah. your dad's a loser and, you know, what does he know and <laughs> yeah. he doesn't understand my problems. And yeah. So getting that from him was a real, for me, a real moment of, wow. Yeah. you know. I've done something. I've done something, yeah. but I've also managed to communicate it. Yes. And the person on the, on the receiving end, yeah. the most cynical potentially person on the <laughs> receiving end yeah. has got it and yeah. gone that's pretty cool and liked it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know so, so that was yeah that was a big moment for me that's amazing so well done yes well he's a good son so oh, and, and even to, to articulate something like that I don't know as a 17 year old where I would have had the the courage to actually say to my parents I'm proud of you you know so um yeah, yeah he's a credit to you clearly so uh, so well done on that so tell me about then um I really just wanted to talk about trends in loyalty marketing um, because I think a lot of people listening are looking for new ideas and we've talked a bit about personalization we've talked about some of the models you've worked on on those two amazing programs but again I suppose we're both out there in the world um, with eyes wide open as professionals in the industry so so what would you say are the kind of key trends we need to be thinking about as loyalty professionals so I've already talked about one, which is personalization. For sure. Right? Okay, yeah. And I think if there's any, and, and you know, uh, just going back to the, the, the statistic that we started with, there's a potential for $800 billion to, be, to be made. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think personalization is not just a trend, but a necessity okay. to make your program successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is based around experiential rewarding. Okay. So I think, you know, just not just about having your currency in an ecosystem that allows you to, you know, go back and, and buy more of the same mm-hmm. or discount more of the same, mm-hmm. but, but really uh, about looking at widening your ecosystem and making sure that your customers are able to 
perhaps transact with experiences and create value around that. Okay. And 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 given the way the the, the so-called millennials are looking for experience yeah. or experiences, and remember, our, our, the, the oldest millennials are now 35, 37 years old. Sure. So, you know, these are your customers. Yeah. Uh, they they want experiences. Mm-hmm. So experiential rewarding mm-hmm. is, is huge. And, uh, you know, uh, Bonvoy yes. from Marriott is doing a great job of Allowing customers to buy into experiences, yeah. you know, using your points. Of course. So, you know, you can, you can, and they can leverage their size and scale Amazing. to be able to probably negotiate some pretty yeah. good rates for that. Yeah. Um, the third thing is on a, uh, you know, from a technology point of view, mm-hmm. the blockchain. Okay. You know, and, okay. and I think a lot of, a lot is being said about For sure. the blockchain. It's, it's a bit <laughs> of, it's like an iceberg. We've yeah. only kind of yeah. scratched the surface. But this ability to, you know, use or be able to in, in change your points, interchange points, mm. uh, because, you know, if, you've, if you're if you on five or six or seven different okay. uh, programs, okay. and but at a, let's say I need to buy a flight mm. and I've got points in six different programs, sure. can I change those programs? Yeah. Because on the blockchain, if these, these are all programs that are talking to each other, mm-hmm. You know, the value proposition for the customer becomes so much stronger. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, there's somebody, a CFO is going to shout about, yeah, yeah but my points are going to leave the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure, again, that there's a way of working around it and trading points yeah. at an equitable rate yeah. for both parties, of course for all are. parties, yeah. so that, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. No one loses, and mm. the customer gets what he or she wants. Absolutely. Otherwise, so many of these points just kind of disappear into oblivion. Of course. And they're not doing what they're meant to do. Exactly. You know, which is reward the customer. Which is reward the yeah. customer. They're yeah. simply sitting there as yeah. a liability yeah. on your on your balance sheet. Yeah. And then disappearing in breakage. And how is that creating a positive experience for your customer? Definitely not. No. And certainly in my experience, and I was just talking with somebody else about that, Manav, uh, the more um, advanced the market is, I believe that the uh, the more likely they are to really make sure that that um, usability is there in terms of the points. Yeah. So whether it's liquidity between programs or a CSR opportunity where you can donate them to charity or whatever way it is that you ensure that that customer gets the benefit rather than sits there and resents the fact that either, you know, maybe I'm a frequent flyer and I don't want another free flight or whatever it might be. You know, the whole point is you're trying to build a relationship. So let's find a way to reward the customer. Yes, using points as a currency, but let's find a way that it's uh, it's really of value to that person. Yeah. So, uh, so I like that point. Great. So the last question I really had for you was around uh, resources. So I'm really keen with everyone I talk to that I get access to their brain power, but also where they find the best information. So tell us, where do you uh, go to listen and learn? So I'm a big fan of podcasts. Yay. (laughs) Right? Uh, As you know. Yeah. Um, So for me, uh, being an Apple fan, the Apple podcast platform is superb. Of course. Um, My current favorite is a show called How I Built This. Okay. Which is uh, a show on NPR. Yeah. uh, Which basically, you know, the the um, moderator speaks to different entrepreneurs who've built their businesses and yeah. and uh, you know how they built them the yeah. challenges they faced and, yeah. and so on and so forth yeah. and there's some great you know some absolutely brilliant brilliant interviews on there sure um, the other thing is a, a platform called Coursera okay. which is an online education platform yeah 
there's there's several of them. There's Lynda.com, which is now uh, connected to LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. There is uh, Udemy. Mm-hmm. There's edX. Yeah. My favorite has been Coursera, and okay. I think I've been on there since maybe 2011 or 12. Okay. Uh, was when I first did my first program on there. Mm. I've studied things like gamification, uh, uh, yeah. you know, social psychology, and, and, and so on and so forth. Tons Brilliant. of stuff. Okay. And I'm constantly on there learning something or the other. Yeah. Um, it's just something I find very, very exciting. Okay. Um, I love to read. Okay. Um, I My favorite book at the moment has nothing to do with loyalty, unfortunately. That's but okay. It's a book called Sapiens by Yuval Harari. I've heard of it. Absolutely brilliant. Okay. Just just so beautifully written, easy to digest. Really? Um, a real page turner. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, and then the other book that I read recently is called Hitmakers. Okay. By an author called Derek Thompson. Mm-hmm. And the subtext is a science of popularity in an age of distraction. Oh, brilliant. So, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, yeah. real page turner just talks about what makes yeah. things popular. And compulsive, I do. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, there's no real there's no real formula. So, yeah. you know, when I was in working a few years ago, I remember somebody said to me, we want to create a viral video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, everyone well, had that at one point. Yeah, but you know, hey, you know, that does it's not quite how it works, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um but but he kind of looks at how things mm. how, you know, yeah. the, the confluence of different forces okay. to create popularity. Wonderful. And there's some amazing stories in there. Okay. So yeah, great books I'd I'd recommend. Okay, well, you sound like a very busy man, Manav. I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, uh, I wish I was, but I, I I try and steal some time. I try and yeah. create some discipline around my time okay. in order to be able to do everything to, to do as much as I possibly can. <laughs> Brilliant. I don't I don't always succeed. Okay. Well, certainly in the show notes, we'll we'll put links into Coursera and the books that you mentioned. Um, just in case anyone's you know driving or whatever while listening to this, make sure we capture all of that. So tell us then if anybody wants to contact you in terms of Quick Brown Fox Consulting, where's the easiest place to get in touch with you? Easiest way is my email address. Okay. It's uh, MF, my initials, Manuel Fernandez. So okay. it's MF at QBFconsulting.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to know more about what we do as a service, drop me a line mm-hmm. or look at our website, www.qbfconsulting.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, just drop me a, a message and I'll come over and see anyone who's interested. Amazing. You know, uh, our business is uh, about creating customer mm-hmm. experiences, mm-hmm. about, you know, helping you transform your business into a customer-centric business Mm -hmm. and therefore becoming more and more profitable. Wonderful. Well, on that note, I want to thank you for coming onto the show. Um, Congratulations again on winning the Loyalty Award for this region and uh, best of luck with Quick Brown Fox Consulting. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here, Paula. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show. Listener.